It's Coffee Quad Time! now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, Demonstrations of products and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1 646 558 8656. You will need the meeting ID 848 725 450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. Well, a very good morning from Southwest Florida. I hope everything is well with everybody, and welcome to the Coffee Club. My, do we have a jam-packed show today for you. First, we'll throw it around the panel and see how everybody is doing. I guess we'll start with you, Jennifer, in central good Indiana. Good morning, everybody. It's fall is in the air here. We're starting to have cool nights and warmer days. Oh. We've still got those 90-degree days going here, but it'll probably cool down a little bit, maybe. So you're doing all right? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm a little disappointed. I thought I was going to cook my pot pies last night in my oven, in my June oven, but that didn't work out, so we had to use the big oven after all. Oh, well, we'll talk more about that today. Uh, Albany, New York. Everything is great here. It's capital of New York State. How could things be bad here? Everything is doing good. Hey, we may get some rain today, but, you know, rainy days are a thing of the past soon because it'll there'll be snowy days coming up in the next few months. So that's that's all I can say about here about things here in Albany. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, 
Go ahead, Tim. Well, we thought we had, Tim. There we go. There we go. Now it worked. <laughs> thought I was unmuted, but I wasn't. Anyway, good morning. Uh, it's a uh, very nice day today here. We're supposed to get up to 73, but this is our last day of enjoyable weather. <laughs> supposed to start getting some snow this weekend. So, anyway, uh, not too good, and I'm a little disappointed in what happened with the twins, but Otherwise, things are going well. <laughs> yeah, what's that? How many, how many games in a row have they lost to the Yankees? Like 13 16. or 16? <laughs> yes, in the playoffs. Well, they just need to find a, another way to do these things. But uh, there's next year. Yep. There's, right. there's always, 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 always next year. Let's see. Let's swing down to Evansville, Indiana. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping the Cardinals can stay in there today, beat the Braves, and uh, continue on. Other than that, nothing too exciting. Might talk a little later about my jury duty experience, which I found out basically when I called and asked for assistance. They, oh, you're blind? You're excused. Don't worry. Your name's removed. And just call us if you get another one or send a doctor's statement. You'll never serve again or be asked to serve again. So, and I thought that was unique, but everyone I talked to said, oh, yeah, it's common practice. So just kind of learning how that goes. But other than that, uh, yeah, we're just having fun here. So getting ready to stream some conventions and uh, uh, do what we do. Do what you do. Well, let's see. Let's go over to Altoona, Pennsylvania. Well, we're doing well. Uh, it's a little chilly here today, about 60 degrees, something like that, and it's at least not raining for a change. We're all doing well. And there will be snow soon, I'm sure. <clears throat> Get out those shovels. Yeah, if you heat up your house, you just open up the June oven and turn it on and open it up and heat the whole kitchen. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You know, here in southwest Florida, we've had hardly any days below 90 so far, but I'm sure that'll change Soon enough, I went walking yesterday to the men's luncheon, and they had a little meal and some little bitty barbecue ribs. It wouldn't have been Dave Rickard's St. Louis-style ribs, but they were like one or two little bitty bones. I don't think Dave Rickard would have been satisfied with that. And even, some big, even I wouldn't have been satisfied with that. No. I, like the, I like the real thing, you know? And they did a presentation on the some type of humongous cats they're panthers or not tigers but anyway these cats weigh about 120 pounds so we'll get to you in a moment raised hands um, um so anyway it was a a nice little presentation got to network and meet a lot of people here in the here in the community so had a pretty good time doing that yesterday. Let's see if I touched everybody on the panel. Can you know me? Yeah, yeah, you have. Okay. I guess we'll get a few hands and then we'll get to what we're going to talk about the first hour. All right. Well, the first one that raised his hand was Jerry in the, um, in Pennsylvania, Indiana, in the home of Jimmy, Indiana. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay, good morning, everybody. 60 degrees. Having a little problem getting you guys this morning. Uh, when I tell the device to play Legend Oldies, uh, it's referring me to Sports Lounge Live and all things radio. 
I, I tried. Uh, All right, stop, stop, I stop, Jerry. Stop, stop just a moment, Jerry. First of okay. all, we don't control Google, okay? So yeah. anything that might change on your, it's, you know, people call us up and say, why do you change that on Google? Mike, okay. tell them. What you, <laughs> I can answer your question here, Jerry. Just say radio station, Legend Oldies, and it'll work. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Right. Mike. I mean, okay. but we don't change that. Google changes that. Oh, okay. So it does it whenever it wants to. Right. So you need oh. to understand that that we we have no power over control over that. If we did, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. But unfortunately, Google go. Google does right. that. So you want to say play radio station legend oldies. Okay. And that'll... Right. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you very much, Jerry. And... Okay. Okay, now we've got Gail out in Minnesota. On Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, I think of this. Go, go ahead, Gail. Hi. Um, I was one. I had a friend who was on jury duty. She's here in Minnesota, and she's totally blind. And the thing of it is, the guy wanted a jury trial, all this kind of thing. And then something happened where the whole thing was canceled. She had to. She had to uh, rescheduled her dental appointment. She had to reschedule everything, and they just kind of canceled everything. And she, when she came back, she said, "Well, you know, they had no objection to her being on the jury because she, you know, or being, you know, if she was picked for that because of being blind." But the guy was kind of a nut, and the judge kind of gave him a little bit of what for. <laughs> All right. You know, there have been civil rights cases uh, about jury duty, Mike, uh, people from people who are totally blind who wanted to be on jury duties, and they filed the discrimination complaints about that. Now, from my point of view, I really don't want to be on jury duty. It's something I've done it. I don't want to do it again. And but, I didn't have no problem. My question, Go ahead, Jenny. Go ahead, Jenny. My question would be, if you, would there be, like, an extra person that could describe like some of the exhibits or something to you because some things would be pretty visual in some of those trials well that's why they excluded me she said well we can't guarantee so many cases concurrent cases going on we don't know which one you'd get and there might be a lot of visual evidence and and i said what about the document it says right there yeah but that's just the way we do it and you're excused don't worry about it you know so and I, didn't I mean, it's, I, I, Jennifer, you, you, you have a, you make a valid point, and I totally agree with you. But you know what? Uh, it's not worth my time to sit there and, and play, play, play with the legal system just to try to be on a jury. That's how I feel about it. Well, that I mean, it's an age-old question of, you know, as a, when you're blind, you got which issues do you go and fight for? That's one that if I had the time, if I were not even thinking about relocating outside of Evansville and had so many other things going on right now, that I might pursue it. But it's just the timing. Right now, okay, great. That's one less thing to worry about. But, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's the other thing: you, you get paid to be on jury duty, Mike. So maybe you want that little extra money coming in your pocket too. So, true, true, true. We've got a couple more hands. We have some more like. hands up. Hold on a second. Hold on, make sure. Go ahead, Pamela. Pamela Francis. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's going to be chilly here this morning, and going to have frost this weekend. Anyway. Uh, Regarding jury duty, I think I shared my uh, story with your, with jury duty with you guys. But if I didn't, I'll capitalize it and tell you that I did serve on a jury in Tampa. And 
it so happened that the trial I was on, there was a video. And that what they did is they, they sat to it, they moved the TV screen that they were using to show the video close enough to the jury box for to see it. They knew I couldn't see. I was following somebody all day. I followed the one of the other people that was picked. It was as if I was just training behind them. And when it was all over with, I went and thanked the judge. They have several different ex- the each attorney has so many excuses as does the judge and when it was all over with i went up and thanked the judge for not using their excuse because what did, I, he, what did he say to you when you did that well the lady it was a female judge and she basically told me i was that that it was it was my right that i was welcome Okay. Well, yeah, there have been other blind people who have served on jury duty. I, I got to the final selection, and the only reason they they settled out of court right at the last second, but I was purged to be called, and I, I didn't have any problem with it and would have done it. But I guess each drone. We have more callers, Jeff? We have, we have one more caller. Uh, go ahead, Bill, out in Chicago. Yeah. I was going to tell you, I was called for jury duty twice, and I got rejected both times and kind of my vision. In fact, that before I could even uh, see better, or I can't see now, but I could see better, and they still uh, rejected me because of some of the visual stuff you might have to look at. And I think in Illinois, you're not required to serve on jury duty if you're blind. That's what I've been told. If you've got a visual problem, they, can take, they won't take you for jury duty. That's what I was told by you know, a judge. You know, Bill, it's a, very, it's a very tough question because on one hand, if, if you are blinded, you want to be able to be treated like everyone else and you want to have the right to serve on a jury like everyone else. But I know plenty of sighted people who, when they get that jury duty, those they they will they will do anything to try to get out of it. No, they don't. Oh, I know. I know, I know. Because it's I taking know. away from their job or it's right. taking away from their schooling or something like that. So it's a, it's really a double edged sword. And then, and then what and if as someone far as, as far as get, oh, I was going to say, as far as getting paid, uh, now where I worked, if I served jury duty, the place got the got the pay because they paid me for the day. They didn't they didn't uh, dock uh, my pay. The the uh, business accepted the money from the jury duty and, and where i worked i worked for new york state so i was a civil service employee so i couldn't get paid for jury duty because they give me the time off with pay for right. serving on jury duty so i wasn't able to get paid go ahead mike no i was just going to say what if that got on on social media people could just call up and say they're blind and get themselves excused which of course if they got caught would be a little jail time i would suspect but yeah i i don't know it's it's a question that you're not going to be able to answer, Mike. Because well, I mean, I, I thought about I could just if I got summoned again, just show up and do it and take my chances and spend the time and maybe get blown off or maybe the judge has a different view and lets you in there. But anyway, I don't want to keep. I know we got a presentation scheduled to to get into today, so I don't want to. Take right? That. No, no, it, it's fine. I just personally believe that I don't want to be conveniently blind. In other words, just to use things as a convenience. If I'm not chosen, you know that's fine. But I don't, I don't believe in using that necessarily as a blanket excuse. Right. Um, in this case, I had no choice. But it brought up a lot of things. It's like I wanted it more when it wasn't an option. It, it makes you wonder. You know, the, at first I kind of dreading it, and then when I found out, even if I wanted to, I 
be shut down. I'm like, no, that's my right. I should be able to do that. I, re- I remember going, going there and doing that, but more of the inconvenience of finding my way around the city county building and where to go and what to do. But I did it in Evansville and Indianapolis, so you know it was it was okay. I didn't didn't really mind doing it. It was just it was a good learning experience. I think more than anything else, even. You know, when it's just it got, time consuming, and if you sit through the selection process and then you don't get selected, you wasted half your day. Sometimes, if you sit through the cl- uh, selection process, Jennifer, at least here in Albany, New York, they you're, you, they give you a number, and you got to call this phone number every day to find out if you're. Oh your yeah, selected. I used to so have to do that. that. That means even if you don't get picked today, let's say today is today is Wednesday, and they call you for Wednesday, you don't get picked. You still have to be available for a, for a, for a week or two. I'm not sure how many, how long you have to be available. So you got to keep calling uh, that number to find out if your number's uh, selected. So yeah, we I think had, here it's like a week. Yeah, we had to go back in every day for almost like a week or no, I had to call in. And yeah, you had to call in and see if your numbers were listed in the pool for that day. And hey, at the time, I said, well, it gives me a little time off the phone, so. <laughs> Maybe I don't mind it too bad. It, it it really wasn't the worst experience, and I think I know in Indiana once you're past the age of sixty five, you don't have to serve if you don't want to. It is a learning experience. Right. I was on a dr- I was on a drug case. So I can't talk about it, but I was on a drug case, and it was definitely a learning experience. And I think I might have been on a murder. Well, I don't remember. The reason I brought up the blind card thing is I talked to someone else, and he said, yeah, I just ignored them. I go, them? How many did you get? And he said, four. So he just didn't show it. He goes, I go, what if you get called out? He said, I guess I'll just have to play the blind card. So that's kind of where that that came from, that some people just assume, well, I just won't deal with it, and then I'll I'll plead blindness. See, I guess we we as blind people say, well, let's play the blind card. Let's do this. But then when we want our rights in something else, well, then, well, no, they can't do that against blind people. Well, if we let them, let us do this, that, you know, you're, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Do we have any more callers? No, we don't. But the only thing I was going to say, Bill, is I, I you, you can't really play the blind guard in New, York, in New York State. I got a call from Albany County, and I, I didn't really want to serve on jury duty because I had already done it uh, twice. And they said to me, well, you know, you're visually impaired. Can you just fax us a note from your doctor saying that you're visually impaired and we won't call you again? Um, so, I mean, they, they, you just can't not show up. You could say to me, I'm going to be on vacation, and they'll defer you for six months, but you're only going to get the letter again in the mail at that point. Yeah. No, I, 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 had, I, go, I did my time two or three times, but um, I'm just saying people that you know, will play the blind card. I don't believe in that. I really sincerely don't. But then they want all the other benefits or the things that people fight so hard for. One of our stories this week we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, and I think there's a little justice here. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Domino's Pizza? Yeah, we did. And Domino's Pizza thought they didn't have to make their websites accessible. It was too expensive. The 
the guidelines they thought weren't clear. They just didn't have to do it. Well, guess what happened? The Supreme Court threw out the case. No, the the prior court ruling was upheld, so now Domino's has to make their website accessible or their app. Now, I don't know what you guys think, but they probably could have saved themselves a considerable amount of money by not going having to go all the way to the Supreme Court and do all this type of stuff if they would have just invested a little bit of money up front and done it right the first time. Is it really that hard for places to make an accessible website? I I don't know that much about web design. It is, Jennifer, and I'll tell you why it's hard. Because when they built the website, they didn't build it for accessibility to begin with, which means that if they want to make it accessible, and I worked in this area, for, for for 12 years and I work with web developers and and they've all the every web developer I, I, I talk to for New York State would t- will tell you the same thing if you build a website that is not accessible and it, it has a lot of JavaScripting in it and has a lot of uh, well you know what I'm talking about Mike as well and, you, and now you have to make it accessible sometimes you have to actually take that website pull it down and start over from scratch well don't, where, where don't if you they have web- tools for developers so they know yeah but that it's tool- going to be accessible from the, to start with like sure, apple they, and they do but if but if you have designed the website and you don't use those tools which is what was done with Donimo, with dominoes then you have to really start from scratch to rebuild that website from scratch all over again from square one and that's the problem that you're up against so when I used to work, and I would work with web developers, and I did lectures on accessibility and talked to, to the state employees uh, in the IT departments, I would say, look, if you're going to build that website, you've got to build it with accessibility, and there are tools, Bobby, there's Act Verify, there's, there's a number of different tools that you can use to make that website accessible even before you deploy it to the public. And one crucial element of that accessibility is testing, 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 testing. Well, and I can tell you. Did you want to say anything about that, Mike? It's a lot harder now because back then it was just websites. But now you got to have. Now it's got to work on computers, tablets, phones. You know, iPhone and Android, and then you've got multiple browsers: Chrome, Firefox, something with Microsoft, Safari, whatever. So, and, and the rules do not say that it has to be specifically accessible for a JAWS screen reading program. If you look at the rules on web accessibility. Under AD, it says it has to be accessible with screen reading software. It does not say what kind of screen reading software it has to be accessible for because they didn't want to favor one company over another when it came to building accessibility. That that's and that and that has not that has not changed. And really, ADA regulations on accessibility have not changed in, in all the years that I've been retired. But here's the problem: Why do some websites? And they work at it, i.e. A, a DoorDash or one of your shopping carts or some of your services, even Papa John's, is is accessible. I know we got a raised hand there. But so. the, the reason it is that way, Bill, is because they, they put the they put the effort into right. making the website That's accessible. That's the point I'm trying to make in, in the initial design phase. Right. Well, Papa John's had to be brought around a little bit, but. They made the commitment and did it. Uh, Gail? But but it happens to a lot of these places. Look at, like, Weight Watchers on all the trouble they got into. Gail lowered her hand. Oh, she lowered her hand? Okay. 
Well, I can't disagree with Domino's statement that there needs to be some standard right now. Just you have to make it accessible. Well, there's no real definition of what accessible is. And but but there are standards. If you look at the W3G guidelines, the Web Aim guidelines, the, the guidelines are quite clear on what makes something accessible and not accessible. Mike, that's not true. Well, Gail I, raised her hand again. The, oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Um, hold on. I'll, go ahead, Gail. Um, as I said earlier, I think one other time, Brem, my bank, Bremer Bank. Uh, was wonderful about it. They um, bought the gal. There was a gal by the name of Bonnie. I don't know who she worked with, or how she got the information she got. But Bremer Bank's website is blessedly beautifully accessible for me. I can get my balances. I can do whatever I need to do in there. But I have a question about something. Wasn't there a big thing about Greyhound too? That's another company that's still being fought. I use Greyhound occasionally to visit my sister who happens to have a birthday today. And I will tell you that that site is the worst. It is the most unusable site that I have ever been to. And last I heard, the NFE was fighting that in court. But I don't know whatever whatever happened with that case. I'm not a member of the NFE, so maybe someone who is can tell us if they know any more about it. Yeah, I mean, they... No, so all I know is there have been horror stories from people that have... Oh, the airlines are some of the worst sites you can go to. But if you, and if you can't use the website for Grand, or to, and if you want to call them to buy your ticket or go to the station to buy your ticket, it costs you more money, which I think is dreadfully. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The airlines are terrible. Even their apps are bad. Yes, That's um, the point. That you can't just say web accessible websites because now it's it's apps, it's kiosks, there's all kinds of yeah. variants that we didn't used to have to deal with. But the bottom line is, whether it's sighted or blind, the more accessible and the easier your website is to use, and I'm talking about for everybody, everyone, it's the more traffic you get, the more business you get. If you have a site that is complex or whatever the case may be, and even difficult for some sighted people to use, that that's not good either. So I was told by a web coder, by a person who does develop websites, and, and, and I was told by this person, and I don't know if it's how true it is, Mike, because, but, I, but the person said to me, the lady said to me, and we work for New York State, and she said, look, if you follow the WCAG guidelines and you use the tools, and a lot of, uh, when you're writing web pages, like with Cold Fusion or Dreamweaver or WordPress or whatever, and I'm not sure, maybe it may have changed since I've been retired. But if you follow the guidelines and the tools set up to help you develop a website and you use uh, human testing as well, you really should have no problem making that website accessible. And, yes, there are certain things you're not going to be able to make accessible. There are still people who still insist on using Internet Explorer, and that that, that just doesn't cut it anymore. I, I, I had someone who called me on the phone last week said, who was still trying to use the Netscape browser. You know how long that's been out of date. So, you know. <laughs> Well, do you, you, have, any, do you have any comments who, on that, Mike? I was just curious. You know, I mean, obviously, you can't make it accessible for everything. I mean, well, there. When you roll out new technologies, it takes them a while to catch up. See, the big thing now is JavaScript and all these buttons, and it's cross-platform, and it can write something for Windows. It'll also work on your iPhone and Android, and then they use a lot of buttons and. So you know, all those buttons have to be tested to make sure that the alt tags and are, are labeled properly. And you know, some of the screen readers have the problems because they don't they don't implement things properly. For example, you could make a change on the screen 
But on some of these screen reading programs, it won't see that change because the, the whole screen hasn't changed. They only make, let's say they only changed t- one line of the screen or two lines of the screen. You've seen that, Mike. That, that is correct that, that the screen readers are lacking in part. Uh, so it's, it's not as simple as it sounds. I mean, you know, it can be done, but it's not, it's not a simple task. And I know that from building websites, even simple websites, things can go wrong when you start doing forms and shopping. And uh, they're just things that... You know, it's funny. I pay my rent, but a, and I and we have an, a, a portal or a thing called rentpayment.com, which which we set up to pay our rent, and, and the rent comes out of my checking account, which I have no problem with. Every year I have to change it because the rent goes up every year. And I cannot sign in with Firefox using the user ID and using my password properly because Firefox rejects it, but I, I can go into Google Chrome and it works perfectly. So sometimes it's browser-specific, and I'm not sure what the problem is. I don't know why it's happening in Firefox, but it... And it works well at IE, even if I decide to use that particular browser, or it works well in the Brave browser. But in Firefox, it just does not work. Okay, we just got word that NFB won the Greyhound case. Oh, great. So hopefully they'll make the changes, Chris? Is that is that what I'm hoping? I, we just got word from a text that they won the case. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can... You can buy a bus ticket, but you have to be an advanced screen reader user because the pick lists where you're choosing your dates and, and things are still very suspect. At least the last time I've been there, I haven't had to use Greyhound because we have a different bus service in Indiana. But If you call and tell them, let them know you're blind and you're having trouble with their website, they are not supposed to charge you extra for your ticket at Greyhound. That's good because I... That's good. Well, they must have changed that policy, Chris, because I had to use Greyhound a few years ago. They they said, "Well, it's too bad. This is how much it costs. Take it or leave it." All right, um, let's talk about a, a technology success, an app that that is now working. Let's go ahead and talk about. Well, Dave and Chris, you've got it in uh, Script Talk Mobile that just came out this week, and. You had some success with that, and for very well. For yeah, it's. I would say that app is perfect for people who don't know. A company who is it called Envision? Is is am I right? Envision uh, America. Envision America have a script top reader that has been working with several drugstores and companies where you can put your bottle on the reader. And it reads it for you. But they've developed an iPhone app for people who just want to use an iPhone. And this works with people with, what, iPhone 7s and on up. 7s and up, I believe. And you have to have iOS 13 at least. Right. And it will not... Well, they're in beta on the iPhone 11. But everything through 7... 8 and 10 works. And Dave, explain just a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's rather simple. Um, you download the app and it's script talk and it's S- um, go ahead. S-C-R-I-P-T-A-L-K one word and one T. So when you put that in and you download that app, it's very easy to set up. And if you're already using the the, the script talk machine, 
this thing makes that one look sick. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> it's so much easier to use. You just you take the bottle of pills. They put the um, your pharmacy, if they're subscribed to the service, they put uh, the um, labels are put on the bottom of the bottle. And all you do is you take the um, the bottle and you hold it up within an inch or so of the earpiece of your iPhone and press the scan button and instantly it's got all the information there you need and you can read it line by line or let it scroll and read the whole thing, whatever you want to do with it. And it has a history uh, button in there that that stores, you know, your prescriptions and stuff like that in there. It's got a help button, and uh, it also has a quick scan if you just want um, just a real quick um, information out of it. Like the name of the prescription or whatever. Just quick. It doesn't read you the whole thing. Can you? I know it's a lot to ask you, Dave, and and maybe you can just summarize it quickly. Let's say I've never used Script Talk. I've never used Envision America. How would I get started by using this, and how, how does one start by getting that, that whole thing to, uh, working? Con- I mean, well, you contact Envision America, and they have a list of pharmacies and stuff, and, and if, if the pharmacy that you have isn't on the list, they can contact those pharmacies and try to negotiate with them to... to um, Get the to, tags to, to get the tags, but it's also a good idea if you call your pharmacy. If you find out they don't have it, just call them and let them know you'd like them to get it, and you've referred them to the company, and they might be calling because they need to know that. Oh yeah, this customer out here would like to have that. And some of the mail order uh, companies already have it. already have it. Well, Walmart has it. Um, any Walmart now. So, it, and does it? How much does this app cost, Dave? For people it doesn't. It doesn't. It's zero. Well, can I mention Script View too? Because I don't want to get people confused. But there is an app out there by Envision America called Script View, and that is different. That is where a pharmacy puts a QR code on your bottle. But they have to be using the Scriptability app. So the app you want that we're talking about today is Script Talk. Yeah, the Script View is for uh, large print print. people. And the the more drug stores they get involved with this project, the easier it makes it for you to just go there and pick up your prescriptions if you want to. They do very well with care marks and the CVSs and the things where they can do them online, but some people want to go to the drugstore. And we get back to that same thing. Everybody needs to have options or choices. But for the people that can use the, you know, the iPhone, it's already available on Android. So Android users are not shut out so you know people can use this app and it works but Dave one thing I wanted to ask you about and then I've got a question from a user or a listener and that is you use the front camera to scan 
the um, the bottle instead of the back one like we do on the uh, Liberlink. That's that's right. It is using the front camera, and I I tested that because the first time I used it, I was I was holding it using the back camera, and I held the bottle up close to the back camera, and it it took a long time because it was trying to pick the pick up the uh, code from the front camera, and then I realized that it it uses the it uses the front camera. I think they did that so they could easily describe. Everybody knows where the earpiece is, so you know. Right, but he- so I could lay my phone down on the counter, for example, Dave, and and use the front camera and put the put the bottle in front uh, at the proper placement, and it would read the prescription. I, I don't even have to hold the, the phone in my right, hand as right. long as there's proper light. That's right. But it uses a you know the Q code or the the barcode. I'm not even sure light has a lot to do with it, Jeff. There's not even a place to turn on your flashlight. Now, in the Script View app, there is. Right. But not in this one. Right, because it is. Well, I've been turning on the light, not on my phone bill. I was talking about making make sure I have a lighted area in my kitchen or my living room. Or I'm not sure it matters. I'm not sure it matters. It matters. It matters. Not, with, not, not with the RFID. Yeah, I tried that in our, our living room, and we did not have the lights on. Right. And it, and, and it was cloudy. Because so. learning that from my you know, with the Liberlink, I've I, I've checked mine in the night in the bed, so it, it light is does not affect because of the technology. We gotta. Uh, I'm not gonna play the question out loud because I don't have time to edit it. But Debbie from Lafayette uh, called into the. Uh, a line at 800-693-0595, our feedback line or request line or whatever, and she's considering getting an Instapot. Now, I've had an Instapot. Now, mine was at the time was the, what did we use on that, Bluetooth or what was it? Yeah, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. Dave and Chris have subsequently gotten the Wi-Fi version of it. Now, as a new user to that, because she was commenting about the website not being real accessible, um, I would like for you to talk to her about that and some of the challenges you've you've come up against lately with apps that break. Right. Um, the pot is usable um originally when they came out with the wi-fi uh smart cooker um the app was a little more accessible than what it is now when ios 13 came out that broke that app and um now it it's usable the only thing is you have to use an external timer because you can't set the time. Unless you want to use the default times by chance, like the default time for pressure cooking is 35 minutes. You can start it. It will beep and notify you on your phone when it, the pressure's built and it starts the countdown. So you know when to set an external timer if you wanted, like, 
50 minutes, once it stops, and it will notify you about that too, you have to go in and set an external timer for 15 more minutes. Or if you just want 20 minutes to begin with, you have to set it for 20 minutes and go release when your timer goes off. We're talking to them about that. I don't not sure how much good it's going to do. I like to think it'll help, but I've talked to them before, and they're very nice, but nothing happens. So we're trying. So we are we are using it, but yeah, we're, we're using it. Just, well, if she hasn't bought it yet, do they still make the cuckoo? Because we like we use the cuckoo. I looked at the website. It's still available, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, the cuckoo was a, was a nice uh, pressure co- pressure cooker. Doesn't and, it, and it, it talks so you can hear the menus and yeah. What was the big drawback against the? What was the big thing against the cuckoo that you guys chose right over uh, while you chose the Instapot over the cuckoo, Dave? I like to have more control. Um, if I want to pressure chicken for. 30 minutes and it only wants to pressure it for 20 it's it's a little difficult to do and i just like having a little more control if that's not important to you if you just want to say oh a roast is a roast is a roast then it works you know it's it's a nice pot it depends on how you want to cook the but i'm able to adjust my times if yeah you can. Yes. So I can hit a button and adjust my time upward. Right. Um, so it, it's usable. It, it, it's actually more. Now, there's only one other advantage that, and I know we disagree on this a little bit, but the Cuckoo and some others I've seen, the Instapot, you've got to reach across it and flip a button or a lever or whatever you want to call it to make it to release the pressure. Well, you know, that's why they make all kinds of things. That doesn't bother me, but it does bother a lot of people. Right. It yeah, you know, it, it scares me, but I've never got burned by it. It's just it's it's a psychological thing. Right. I've never released that pressure. Once I almost did, but I didn't almost get burnt, but it got pretty warm. It, it is and um You know, it's why they do both types, I guess. Well, it's why they make all kinds of brands of everything. Oh, of course. And we're about to talk about something. I'm not trying to say that one's better than the other one. I just was saying if if you can't, that she has the option if she hasn't bought the Instant Pot, that that one does work and it will talk to you and... Absolutely. I, if I remember correctly, didn't you guys, I think you did two parts. You did a demo on the Cuckoo, and you also did that demo that was available on YouTube. Right. I think you yeah. played both of them for the coffee club. As so a matter long. of fact, Chris and I and Dave made a trade. They wanted another Instant Pot at that particular time. They weren't making them already. And they weren't making them, and they wanted that, and I wanted the Cuckoo, so we traded straight up and they've been satisfied and I was you know satisfied and Dave was able to put a heavier duty cord on the instant pot and it oh that was a good thing you know so it all worked out 
Yeah, I love my Instapot. There's just certain things that I make with it, and it reliably prepares them. Like we're talking about pastas and roasts and but, uh, definitely chicken. good pots. There's no doubt. There's no in, doubt about it. I mean, I'm just saying for Debbie, but, just asking generally, if you want to go that what go that route. And, but uh, there's a difference too, Michael, in yours and hers. Yeah, the mine's chief, original. I don't know the new one, um, so that could be very different. Uh, the, the other difference is. You'd have to be a pretty good iPhone user to navigate that app. Agree, Chris? I would say, what do you think, Dave? I I think you probably do have to be a pretty good iPhone user. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be pretty iPhone savvy. Um, What about, are there um, accessible or... Wi-Fi crockpots that are accessible. Has anybody ever tried a wi from with a piece of junk? So don't go there. I, uh, think I had no. Accessible. We haven't tried those. Yeah, but what we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes uh, is going to be. Um, hey, I wonder if Mike could bring up something, and, and it's a different subject, but. Quickly, you don't have to. We don't have to elaborate too much on it. But you and I have both had a problem with our iPhones with the new operating system that where the phone locks up and you can't do a thing. Wait, with it. Join it's a third awesome. person. Oh, you too. The, right after the <laughs> after our call the other night, I thought I, I thought my iPhone was gone. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, there's some bug, and I a lot of us had it on Monday. Although I just heard a podcast Sunday night, people talking about it, but it's some bug that when you finish a phone call, or as I found out, even a Zoom on your iPhone, that it phone just dies. You can't do anything with it, so you have to figure it out. You have to press the volume down, then volume up, and then hold in the power button for like ten seconds, and your phone does what's called a hard reboot. But then when it comes back up, you don't know it because you don't have speech. So you got to triple click home to get your speech turned on. And I accidentally called nine one one. So and some said go and turn that off, and maybe it'll help this issue. I hope they'll fix it soon because that's a major bug, and I would not even tell people to upgrade to 13 if I knew something that serious was going on because you're really stumped. You don't know what to do. And but One of the other things that I found, well, I, I did have the freeze problem like that, um, but if you go into your notification, if you've got notifications and you go in there, uh Sometimes when you go into the notification center to to clear it out, uh, it'll start rattling off everything that's in there, and you can't do anything with it unless you close it. You know, hit the home button to get out of it, and then go back into it. And then yeah, it- that that's annoying, Dave. I had the same thing yesterday. I had like ten notifications in my notification center. I I tried to clear them, but you can't clear them, and you can't use the swipe to clear them. It, it's like, it's like jumbled. Everything is jumbled up, no matter what you do on the screen. Yeah, well, that was a documented bug. And then go back in. It's good. right. I know that, but I didn't know that initially. Yeah. And I've noticed that one app that I used to get notifications for, even though my notifications are turned on for that app in the settings, I don't get them anymore. You might try turning it off and back on if you haven't. Sometimes yeah. that works. Sometimes that works. Yeah, I tried that, and it still didn't come back on. And it looks like they're still on, and they're still on in the app because I We could send you a hammer. Uh, yeah. No, he, well, he, no he, I haven't had mine free, so I'm 
good that way. So. No, I told you about my thumb last week, and you took that hammer, and I, I can't use my left thumb anymore, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pulled my iPhone 6 out of the drawer the other day, and I know wow, there's a little crack in this Otterbox case. I literally peeled the case off the phone, so I'm not recommending Otterbox to anyone anymore. I haven't used them for a while, but I just, wow. Someone said they went downhill, well, apparently so. Okay, guys, I think we're going to kind of fast forward here just a little bit, um, and we're going to do our demo, and the demo is a very, very jam-packed, long, riveting demo today, and we got to give it proper justice and have a little bit of time left for questions. Um, what I'm going to do, Dave and Chris, if you want to make any comments now before we get started, you can do that. I'm going to do a two-minute um, uh, pause for the cause, and then we'll start the demo. Or do you want to say anything before we get started on on the adventure that we're going on today? Well, the only thing I can say, we didn't talk much about the camera in the oven because when we did the demo, we didn't know a lot about it. If anybody's interested, we can talk a little bit about the camera when it's over. Right. I think I think you're, you're going to find this exciting. And um, what we're about to share with you is probably one of the most exciting pieces of technology that we've talked about in a long, long time. And so I urge you, if you can, listen. And if not, come back later and get the podcast because there's something that really, really, really changes things. So stand by and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to get started and debbie i hope we kind of answered your question about the instapot well hello once again everyone today chris and i are going to talk about one of the coolest things we've ever owned and um we think it's probably one of the best things that came down the pike. <laughs> anyway, what we're going to talk about is the June oven. We've been waiting for this day. Right. So um, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, let Chris give you a little bit of information about the product, and then I will get into uh, maybe the dimensions and things like that. Then we'll go through the app and show you what you can do. And then we'll create a recipe and then we'll actually cook. Well, we'll cook something and then we'll, I'll show you how to create a recipe because we need to get our stuff that we have ready to cook cooked. But that recipe's already created. So anyway, this is the June Oven. You can look at it at JuneOven.com. It's spelled J-U-N-E-O-V-E-N.com. Uh, they had a coupon earlier, and apparently, I don't know if that coupon is still there, or at any rate, you can now get $200 off of the regular package, which is just the oven. That gives you a $699 oven for $499. 
you can apply and pay for it with as low as $42 a month or there's some three month financing and there's all kinds of ways that you can pay for it. The gourmet package is $8.99 and you can currently get that for $6.99. The gourmet package is it's exactly the same oven, but it's free shipping, which is $40, 40 to $45, something like that. There are three air fry baskets that you get in the gourmet package and they are $39. No, $49, I'm sorry. There is a thermometer, but the thermometer comes with the either oven, and it's $39 in case you have to replace it. Um, that thermometer is a probe. Yeah, it plugs into the oven, and you can set a temperature that way. Now, you can... Uh, Write an email to support at juneoven.com or you can call or text 415-799-5863. That's 415-799-5863. They are open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, excluding holidays. However, they do have people that work in other areas of the country. So if you call and leave a message, for example, which you will have to do if you call during non-office hours, somebody from the East Coast will call you back before noon before noon Eastern and 9 Pacific. So it's not like you can't get an answer till noon um, if you're on the East Coast. It, the office just isn't open, and you have to leave a message, and they will call you back. And normally they call back... I don't know what their policy is. Our experience has been that they call back within a couple of hours. Yeah, they've been pretty fast at doing that. They've been pretty fast and very responsive. Cats eating. Okay, so that's uh, the information about how to... Don't step on the cat. I I don't want to step on a kitty. Um, You'll hear. How to purchase this device. And um, this thing is absolutely amazing. Um, The dimensions are 19 by 19 by 13 on the outside. And 13 is the height. 13 inches being the height. Now, on the inside, it's... Inches from right to left. Okay, the inside, uh, I had to think about that for a second. The inside, if you look at the inside, is about um, 10 inches High. high. It's about... 16 inches. 12 inches from right to left. And... About 16 inches from front to back. I'm sorry, I told him wrong. It's 16 inches right to left and 12 inches front to back. It will hold a 12 by 16 pan. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. Now we got that. (laughs) Now we got that out of the way. Um, It'll hold a 10 pound turkey too, by the way. There you go. Um, On the front of the oven, you have the glass door that hinges down. And about halfway down on the right-hand side of the door, on the front of the door, but or on the glass, about halfway down, is a touch screen. And don't let that scare you, because uh, we're going to show you how to, to take care of that problem. Almost exclusively. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> that's about halfway down, and it's about that touch screen is about the size of a iPhone, Ooh. like maybe a iPhone eight. Yeah would be about the, the dimensions of what that touch screen is there. And then, of course, nothing else on the front other than the glass for the door. That's it. And um, on at the very top of the door, on the front, there's a great big handle. runs the whole way across from left to right on the oven. And above that, a little bit of a space, and then there is a vent between, when your door is closed, between the door, well, that vent's actually in the door. Um, and that lets the, uh, some, a little bit of heat out, come out of there, but not a whole lot. On the inside of the oven, you have uh, some slots on the left and on the right. And those are the slots that you use to put in your baskets, which Chris will be talking about that, or your uh, rack or a cookie sheet, whatever you want to put in there. And um, they go from, let me open this door here so I can reach in here. Now, when I look at this, um, looking from left to right, uh, there's a, a drip tray that comes with the uh, the oven that goes in the bottom. It just underneath slides the underneath the elements. It just slides in there until it stops, and you can tell which way to put it in because there's a ridge that goes from the whole way across left to right on the front of that drip tray, and then you have one two, three slots. Uh, three on the left, three on the right. And what you do is you put your you put your rack, you can either use the, the top two slots or the middle two slots or the bottom two slots. Or any one. Or any one of them. Or <laughs> maybe all three uh, sets of slots. Depending on how many... F- baskets you want to put in there or whatever if you reach your hands inside the oven clear into the back and you'll feel two round uh circles in there with vents in them those are the fans this has two oven fans in the back now just so you know this oven also has it has actually four heating elements. It has two heating elements on the bottom and up at the very top on the inside there are uh, another set of elements and there's two sets of ovens on the, of the elements on the top and two sets on the, uh, the bottom. So you got four of them. Now right inside the door on the left-hand side, up almost up to the top, about an inch in with the door open, and you take your hands in there and come in about an inch, and about oh, and two inches down, you'll find a an eighth-inch jack or a female jack, and that is for your thermometer probe. If you reach your hands inside with the door open, of course, with it cold, (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. That would make this about the center. If you reach your hands in through the, the door inside, you'll pass the two top elements, keeping your hands on the top, you know, under the inside the oven. You'll see the two elements. And behind the two elements, almost dead center in the middle of the oven, is a camera. It's, it's like a square glass thing. The camera is inside that glass. Of course, on the back of the, uh, of the uh, unit, there is your power cord. So before Chris begins, um, a couple of things you want to know. There are some vents on the side of the unit on each side. One on the, uh, this is on the outside, um, on on each side of the element of the uh, oven. And what you need is about uh, what is it? For, uh, two inches. On two inches side. away from any object on each side of the oven. There's a bumper on the back that won't let you get too close to anything, so you don't have to worry about that. And you need four inches of clearance. If you're going to put it on a countertop, for example, you don't want anything uh, any closer than four inches from the top. In other words, if you have a kitchen cabinet, you want to make sure that you've got about four inches clearance. Don't know if you'd really need it. Um, but it doesn't get that hot, but it does get warm. But that's that's what the, the manufacturer recommends. So now I'm going to shut up for a little bit and turn it over to Chris. Okay. Um, so you can download the app whenever you want, but I will tell you you can't do much with it till you get the June oven itself. So. Here's the manufacturer recommendation. Choose your place for the oven. Take it out of the box. Remove all, and it's heavy, by the way. You probably need two people, one to lift the oven and one to pull the box out of the way because it's pretty heavy. Um, or hold the box down. Uh, remove any plastic film, any cardboard. you got to look all over for that stuff, just like anything else. There's stuff outside. There's stuff inside. There's a film on the screen. If you order the gourmet package, it's going to come with a... Uh, its stuff will be in a, in a separate box. Put your crumb tray in. Put your rack in. And I, I keep our rack in the middle position. Insert the shelf that you want. Plug the oven in. Now, the next thing you're going to want to do is connect it to Wi-Fi. If it was me, I would go ahead and, in fact, we did, I would go ahead and have the app downloaded so you don't have to stop and do that. You don't have to. You can actually bypass the Wi-Fi if you want to, but if you bypass the Wi-Fi as a blind person, it's going to be very hard to use. Well, it can be used if you trust the camera because one of the things you can do is when you put food in the oven and close the door, the camera will say, oh, you have a steak in there, or oh, you have french fries, or oh, you have pizza, and you just touch a certain spot on the screen. My understanding is it's the top left, and the oven, you will say to the oven, yes, that's what it is, but 
and then it'll start cooking it and it'll cook it till it thinks it's ready by by view of the camera but if it's wrong that's the problem we face and i wouldn't know for sure if it was wrong so i haven't really messed with that much so we're going to connect it to wi-fi you don't do anything from your phone yet. You go to straight to the oven screen, and you're going to have to arrange to have some help for this. We used Ira for part of it, but we had to get personal help for one part of it because it kept timing out on me. Anyway, you go to the oven screen. You go to settings. On this oven, this is all on the oven screen. You go to settings. You go to Wi-Fi. It'll say choose your Wi-Fi and it'll show you a list and you choose your Wi-Fi name. You enter your Wi-Fi password on the oven screen. There's a shift. There's everything that you need. Now, we did that with Ira. Here's the part that was difficult with Ira, though, and it's the part I thought would be easy, but it wasn't. You open the app on the phone. And well, okay. First, you go to you open the app on the phone, and then you go to devices on your oven screen. You go to devices, and you um, click um, connect. And well, actually, it doesn't say connect. It's it's a plus sign for add. So you you tap that. A code will pop up on your phone, and it'll be an eight-digit code. And once that eight-digit code pops up, you go to your oven screen and type that code in. Now, that was the hard part. The numbers are plenty big, but you have to be pretty fast. Now, this is a one-time shot. Once a, you do yeah, it, you don't have you to don't do have it You don't have to do it anymore. It's a one-time thing. I, I tried to do it with Ira a couple times. We just weren't fast enough. So um, we did have somebody come in, and it took them all of four seconds to put the code in. I told them exactly where to go to touch the plus sign. They looked over at my phone. There was the code. They put the code in. You hear a chime, and you're good to go. Okay, this is, it calls itself a 7-in-1 oven. Actually, when you go into the programs, you'll see nine functions. It is a convection oven, and within convection oven, they're talking about bake, broil, and, I mean, not broil, I'm sorry, bake, convection bake, and roast. So, anyway, it's a convection oven, an air fryer, a dehydrator, a slow cooker, a broiler, a toast, a toaster and a warming drawer. I'm going to show you what's in the app. I'm going to try to kind of do it backward here because the Seven little words. where the microphone June. is. June. Going to open June. Now keep in mind, ours is already Button. set up. First place you're going to come to is a cookbook. Cookbook. There's Tab. three. One of five. There's five tabs at the bottom of your screen. There's cookbook. Cookbook. Tab. One of 
Programs. Tab. Programs. Programs. Oven. Tab. Three of five. Oven. History. Tab. Four of five. History. Stickers. Tab. Five of five. And a thing called stickers is just a fun little thing. I haven't played with it much. You can actually put stickers on your recipes and stuff. But anyway. Now, up here at the top, filter button. you can filter your recipes in the cookbook um, if you want to do breakfast or if you want beef or whatever, something like that. So I will tell you, some of the recipes work with voiceover, some do not. We're in the process of helping them figure out what they need to do to fix the recipes that are in there now. So you will find a number of recipes that do work. You will find even more, probably, that don't work. But everything you create yourself works great. So the cookbook is just, it's just in some, I don't know what order it's in. It's just probably the order that people put them in there. Um I'm going to go to the oven tab and show you that first. Okay, on the oven tab. Cellular, 404. Connected to your June oven. Says it's connected. Ready to cook. Ready to cook. Up at the top. Cellular, 404. Settings, button. There, over on the right, there's a settings button. If I go in there, it's going to talk to me about notifications, and you're going to turn on or off what you want or don't want. And there are things like... Settings. Heading. Preheat finish. On. If you want it to chime and let you know on your phone when preheat is... Well, the oven will chime no matter. But if you want it to notify you on your phone that preheat is finished, you turn that on. Timer progress. On. Timer progress is on. That way you can see what it's doing on your phone. Timer ended. On. Timer ended is on, so you get notified when your food is done. New recipes on. New recipes. I that's supposed to alert you when there's new recipes added. I maybe it does. I'm not really sure, but anyway, that's I've just left it on. That was on by default. Disconnect from oven. And disconnect from oven, which I wouldn't advise because then you have to go through the setup process on the oven screen all over again. Back button. We're gonna go back. back. Settings. And we're going to go over here and look at help. Help is on the top left. Education. Heading. Okay, when you go into help, it's done in, it's separated into headings. And the first heading is education. Getting started. Button. Getting started. Cooking tips. Button. Cooking tips. Recommended accessories. Button. Recommended accessories. Support. Heading. Support. Frequently asked questions. Button. You have frequently asked questions. Facebook group. Button. Facebook group. Send us feedback. Send Button. us feedback. Privacy policy. Button. Privacy. Terms of use. Button. Terms of use. Cookbook. Tab. One and of that's five. That's it. AT&T. Now if you, Help center. Heading. If you want to see the manual. Education. Getting started. Button. I think most of it is in getting started. Done. Button. June. Heading level one. By now. June oven. June accessories. Works with June. Link. Below is a quick guide to help you set up your new oven. Below is a quick guide to help you set up your new oven. This actually takes you to the website. Open in Safari. So I'm going to get out of there. I'm going to close it. App switcher. June. Out of my app switcher. Instant pod. Active. So I get a new. Messages. Six unread messages. June. 
so I get a new filter, a clean screen. She okay. just reopened the app. Yeah, I reopened. I closed out the app switcher, reopened it because I wanted a clean start from the beginning screen. And that's the fastest way to get it right there. You can open in Safari and do some other things, but I didn't want to do all that. So... Now we're gonna now we're gonna go. Let's see, Dave. Do you want me to go through the app setup? The I mean the recipe setup, or do you want to start the pork chops first? Um, we can go through the app setup first. Let's go through the app setup. Programs, oven, chef, three hungry. Programs, tab. Okay. I, I tapped on programs at the bottom of the um, screen. Here are some programs I have created. Chicken and stuffing bake. 350. Chicken and stuffing bake. Now, I always say the name of it, what temperature. If I use air fry, I'll say air fry on the title. I'll say uh, either a temperature of the chicken or a time. Like this says... Chicken and stuffing bake, 350, 35 minutes. Preheat on, created 9 slash 11 slash 19. That means I cooked it at 350. You you heard the time. The preheat is on. That means that I preheated it and then I put it in. I do that because we're, if you want to share a recipe, if the person wants to edit it after you send it to them, they know exactly what to do. And you also know exactly what you're going to be doing. Chicken breasts. Egg scramblers, toast, French fry, egg scramblers, toast, seven minutes, created nine slash ten slash nineteen. Egg scramblers, toast for seven minutes. Now all that's in there. You don't have to put it in again. I did that for my knowing. French fries, hamburgers, 160, roast 400, preheated, created 9 slash 16 slash 19. Okay, those were hamburgers, and they were done by temperature. So you you hear there wasn't a time. The temperature, they're done to what they reach 165. Popcorn shrimp, air fry, 400, 15 minutes, preheated, created 9 slash 18 slash 19. Now that temperature, was that using the uh, probe? That was using the probe, yeah, because 165, you wouldn't, that wouldn't be an oven temperature. So that's how you know if it's, you use the probe or not. I mean, I could have said that, but I didn't. Anytime you see 350 or 325, that's oven temperature, and you'll see a time. Anytime you see like 165 or 150, that's that's a thermometer probe temperature. Like right here on air fry. Hamburger, popcorn shrimp, air pork with popcorn shrimp, air fry, 415 minutes, preheated, created 9 slash 18 slash 19. I air fried that at 400 for Hamburger, popcorn shrimp, say? air fry, 415 minutes, preheated, created 9 slash 18 slash 19. I air fried that at 400 degrees for 15 minutes after I preheated the oven. If you want to use one of these, let's just tap on this one. Popcorn shrimp, air fry. There's my title, that whole long title again. Popcorn shrimp, created September 18th. Start cooking, button. All you have to do is tap on. Now, watch now, B-I-G game lit. (laughs) Sorry, I can't turn my notifications off because I'm using the phone. Uh, (laughs) When it says start cooking now, you tap it. Right. Start cooking, button. And it will start the It just oven. immediately starts. You it'll, don't have to do anything else. It'll automatically preheat, and when the cooking is done, it'll turn off the oven. It puts it into a cool-down mode, and as soon as it cools down, it stops. 
It will also chime for you when it gets, if you turn your preheat on on any given recipe, it'll chime for you, and then it will wait until you open and close the door, and it sees the food in there. Then it starts your timer. So your timer doesn't start until, so if you're busy when you get that notification that it's preheated, if you're not quite ready and you need to do three more minutes worth of things, your timer's not going to start till you open and close that door. So in other words, you open the door, put your food in, and then close it, and it starts the timer. Okay, so we're going to go back. And now we're going to create a program. Are you going to do Bill Sparks' favorite scones? Going to do the scones from Schwann's. Select a cook mode. So Select a cook mode. Heading. I tapped on create a program. The first screen that pops up is select a cook mode. So I'm going to show you, before I choose one, I'm going to show you all the cook modes. This is how you can get to air fry and stuff on this oven right now. On your oven, if you go to the oven tab, there's preheat bacon roast. You really can't get to air fry from there. Um, but here's how you do it. Select a cook mode. Heading. Cap S. Bake. Bake. Roast. Roast. Broil. Broil. Reheat. Reheat. Toast. Toast. Warm. Warm. Slow cook. Slow cook. Dehydrate. Dehydrate. Air fry. Air fry. Cookbook. <clears throat> okay, we're going to go up here to bake. Roast. Bake. Select a cook. Bake. Oven temperature. Heading. Oven temperature heading pops up. Oven temperature. 350. 350 is fine, but if I wanted to change it. Degrees. Cap F. Temperature. 350. Adjustable. That says adjustable. That's the one you can swipe with one finger. 375. Up takes you up, obviously. 350. 325. Down takes you down. 350. Now, if you want something in between, um, you probably wouldn't for bake, but let's say you did. Let's say you wanted 360. Temperature fine tuner. 350. Adjustable. Temperature fine tuner. 355. 360. That's how you get your temperature fine-tuned, which isn't so terribly important except for on warm and maybe air fry. 350. 350. So I'm going to leave it at 350. Convection fans off. Convection fans off. If you want the convection fans on. Convection fans on. You tap. Convection fans off. I want them off for this. Next button. I'm going to tap next, and I'm just swiping to the right. When to stop. When, when to, to stop, stop is your next screen. When to stop. Heading. When to stop is your next heading, your next screen. Set timer. Now you can choose between set timer and and it stops when your time is reached. Set food target. Or set food target. That's if you're going to use the probe. We're not going to use the probe, although I'm going to use the probe to make the pork chops in a minute, but that's already set up, so um, we're going to do scones. Set timer. Set timer. Heading. Okay, set timer. Zero hours, ten minutes, and zero seconds. Timer duration, ten. Adjustable. I want it to go for twenty-three. Fifteen. Twenty. 
I got it to 20. I'm going to the fine tuner. Timer duration fine tuner. 20. Sw- Adjustable. Swiping once to the right. 21. 21. 22. 22. 23. 23. Next. Button. Going to go to next. Preheat. Heading. Preheat to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Switch button. Off. Preheat is switched to off. Now, most recipes tell you to preheat the oven. Uh, Sometimes it's important, sometimes it isn't. On cookies and cakes and things like that, it's very important. Unless your recipe is specifically designed not to. The scones are designed to go in a preheated oven. These are the ones from Schwann's. I'm going to turn the preheat on by double tapping it. Steps. Heading. Bake 350 degrees Fahrenheit, 23 button. Bake 350 degrees Fahrenheit, 23 minutes. Well, it says 23 button, but that's what it means. You can add a step. Add step. I'm not going to do that because we don't need to. But if you were making a roast or something and you wanted it to go to warm, the other day I baked potatoes while we were doing steaks on the grill, and I wanted the baked potatoes to just go to warm when they were done, and I would get to them in a minute. So I did add a step and put it at warm, 140 degrees. And so as soon as it finished baking, it just switched to warm. Next button. Going to go to next. Preheat to 350 degrees. My program. Back button. This is where you name it and you can take a photo of it if you want to. My program. Text field. Actions available. There's a text field. Text field. Is editing. My program. Insertion point at end. Double tap it. And you've got to back out my program. Delete. M. A. R. G. O. R. Cap. Space. Y. Cap M. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do, you can type it in or you can dictate it in. I'm just going to dictate it in for purposes of getting this done a little more quickly since it's being recorded and we don't want to take up all of Tim's show. Um, Let's see. Numbers. Dictate. Schwann's scones, comma, 350, comma, 23 minutes on bake, comma, half scones, comma, preheat on. Dictate. Inserted Schwann's scones, 350, 23 minutes on bake, half scones, preheat on. You can make Schwann's scones in halves or holes, and I like them better in halves. So <clears throat> that's why I said half scones. Okay, so the title's in there. Down at the bottom left, done. you tap done. Done. Stickers. Okay. Tab. Five of five. The Finish. next screen Button. that pops up says... Name and photo. Heading. Name and photo. Cap N. A. Whoops. Name. Schwann scones. 350. 23 minutes on bake. Half scones. Preheat on. Text field. Add a photo. You can add a photo right there if you want to. Finish. Button. And then you go to finish. Raw apple cake. Aunt Johnny S. Steak okay. fries. Taco shells. Crunchy. So bake. Steak fries. At? Raw apple cake. Aunt taco shells. Crunchy. Bake. 325. 7 minutes. Preheated. Create... Okay, this has been saved now. After you tap on finish, um, so now I'm going to go in. I'm, I'm back in my oven tab. I mean my programs tab, and I'm going to show you how to share it. Raw apple Schwann scones, 350, 23 minutes. Half scones. Preheat on. Create a 10 slash 3 slash 19. Going to double tap on that. Schwann scones, 350. 
Program. Heading. Navermore. Button. Navermore. I don't know why. But anyway, it's supposed to be just more. Program. Navermore. Button. What she's going to do is, because I have a June app on my phone, and you could have one on yours if you had a, 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 a June oven installed, and she could share it uh, with you, and it automatically installs into your programs. And you can choose to share it by airdrop or by text. So if you're not with the person, you could share it by text. Good program. Not for more. Button. Schwan scones. 300. Not for more. Button. Tap on on more. Now here you can go in and edit the name or the photo, and you can change your temperature, your time. You can change the name. You can add things, whatever. You can add steps, any of the things that I just showed you. But we don't want to do that. We want to share. Edit quick steps button. You you edit here. You edit name and photo. Edit name and photo. So if you want to change the picture or the name, you tap there. If you want to edit the steps, edit quick steps button. Tap there. Share button. But we want to share. Delete button. You can also delete it. Share button. But you can delete it by going into my programs and just choosing the one you want and swiping up, just like you would on an email or something, and you can delete it that way too. Delete. Share. But we want to share. Juniaven. Three slashes. Juniaven. Three slashes. One slash preset slash bundle slash third underscore party slash six B fifty one F five hundred sixty two thousand seven hundred sixty three C eighty two B F eight B twenty five B fifty five C D eight F T three at twenty nine slash forty six E nine at fifty two million three hundred sixty nine thousand forty two FAC one C C seven hundred five E one hundred seventy two a slash bundle underscore B eleven ATT. Anyway, all that stuff is not important to what you're gonna do, but I wanted you to hear it so you wouldn't be it wouldn't scare you when it popped up. Dismiss pop up. You can you can get out of it by dismissing Papa. Juniaven. Juniaven. Close. Button. Donna and Tanaya. Message. Down at the bottom, they've changed this slightly. You see a bunch of names up there first, but none of my friends have a June oven. Are you going to do a text or airdrop? I'm going to do whichever you want. What do you want me to do? Let's do the text. Okay. Okay, now I've got to go to the send. Remove that from message. Attach message. Remove send. Button. Now just swipe to send. Send message. Michael program. Message back button now. And now I have Michael programs. Very slashes. I have it. Slash preset slash bundle slash third underscore party slash Thursday. My phone. And I'll go into my messages. Messages now. Princess Geneva. Messages now. Messages button button. Possible text. Touch ID to open. Use passcode. Button. Oh, I guess it helps to unlock my phone, doesn't it? She just got sprayed with messages. Water, so message. Text field is editing. I must share your name and phone. Princess Juniaven. Three okay, slashes. It says Juni. June oven. Slash well, it says Juni. I don't know why. Okay, all I'm gonna do is tap on that message. Now my screen is gonna go blank, so I'm gonna wait just a minute, and then I will hit my home button. Messages. One unread message. 
I've opened the app on my on the June app on my phone, and if I look on here, hot stickers, hard potatoes, baked hot sticker, raw apple cake, Schwann scones, three hundred. And there's a scone. Three minutes. Right there in in my phone, it automatically attached itself. It's that easy. Selected program oven tab. Okay, I'll get out of it. And Chris, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to do some pork chops, and they're all ready to go in the oven. I have, um, well, one thing I am going to do before we do that, I'm going to go and I'm going to cover a fry basket with foil and put it underneath, which they say you can do. They tell you don't let any foil touch the sides or the elements or the back or the door. Don't let, just keep it all in the basket and you'll be fine. They don't recommend air frying on foil because it blocks the airflow, but you can air fry on the middle rack and put a foil covered basket on the bottom rack. And what that does is it helps keep your drip tray clean because the one thing they do tell you is don't don't try to clean the elements. You can pull the tray out and wash it, and you can wipe the inside of the oven, but don't try to wipe on the elements. So where are you putting the foil? I'm going to put the foil on the basket, and I'm going to put the basket in the bottom position, and I've got a basket on the in the middle position that the pork chops are going to go on. And one thing you want to know is that you don't want to put the foil on the drip tray. I'm going to cook the pork chops on the another basket in the middle position. So you'll have plenty of airflow. That that's the reason for that. Okay, I'm going to stick the recorder in my pocket so I can walk over here to the oven and I'm going to uh Tell this baby to heat free. There's pork chops to your left because we're preheating the oven, so I can't put them in. Right. It's okay, so we got the pork chops laying on a cutting board and on some uh, on a rack on a on a rack with a paper towel with a paper towel underneath. And uh, so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to open the June app on my phone. Button. Okay, and I'll go to my programs. Selected. Oven. Ta- programs. Tab. And then I'm going to find the recipe that she just created. Well, uh, we're doing pork chops. Uh, for the pork chops. She did this, Didn't I don't know. Yesterday. Yesterday, it's something like that. Hot stikers, hardland, raw apple cake, Schwann scones, pork ribbies, restelli, air fry, 400 degrees, preheat on, created 10 slash 2 slash 19. Right. Yes. Now I'll swipe right. No, tap on it. Pork ribbies, restelli, air fry, 400 degrees, preheat on. Now you swipe. Created October 2nd, start cooking, button. And I'll tap that. Start cooking. Remove thermometer. Oops. Oh, okay. I thought you could put the thermometer in first. You can't. And uh, it's going to cook. 
I thought you should put the thermometer in before you started the preheat, but I guess you can't. So anyway, you want to make, wait till the oven is preheated and then plug in your uh, thermometer probe. That has one advantage. You can go ahead and get it in the center of your meat because you have to have it in the center of your meat anyway. So, so now, if I... Let's see. Degrees. Tab. Three of five. Now, I have it on... 15 degrees. Tab. Oven three right five. now. Oven. Microprograms. Back button. Make it be quiet here. <laughs> okay, anyway, I have it... Uh, I've got the phone in one hand and the recorder in the other hand and all kinds of stuff going on here. But anyway, uh, I, I have it on the oven oven tab. And... Pork ribbies, restelli, air fry, 400 degrees, preheat on. And it, the oven is... Selected, programs, tap, cook program. I want to put oven, 153 degree oven 155 degrees tab 3 of 5 oven 156 degree oven 157 degrees tab, it, it's going to give five, me oven 158 degrees it's preheating tab, and it's giving five, the temperature oven, as tab, it preheats to cook pork ribbies restelli air fry 400 degrees okay we got 400 degrees. a ding I don't know if the recorder picked that up or not the oven played a little bit of music and it's at three uh, 400 uh, I was thinking 350 that that's what the program said but it didn't it said 400 so it's 400 now 350 was the scones and so go back over to the oven and I have the door open the door is open we're gonna plug in the uh, the probe the meat probe hang on just a second I gotta get it in there just right because you want it in the center of the meat she will plug the uh, she put the probe in the meat I'm going to put the basket in the oven now you have to do this like you do an oven when it's hot at home right because it is an oven and it's hot just like any oven okay. Putting the rack in now. I gotta make sure that I get it in the right spot. Okay, we got the rack in right now, and I'm just going plug the to probe in. Plug the probe in into that little jack inside on the left-hand side of the inside of the oven right inside the door okay now it said I, I didn't catch it with the recorder it said estimating cook time when she plugged the uh, we plugged the, uh, the probe into the the jack inside the oven it's hot, so you have to kind of take that metal plug and, I mean, you know about where it is, but you have to take that metal plug and kind of fish around for it because it's pretty warm. So let's see where we are. Air fry 400 degrees Fahrenheit, target food temp 165 degrees Fahrenheit. 
swipe to the right, I think. Room temp 67 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. Right there. Okay, now now it's it's going to read the temperature as it goes up. And uh, it's probably going to take a little while. So we'll about 15 minutes. pause the machine and then we'll be back. The food temperature is up to about 70 degrees right now. And it's got to go to 165. I believe that's right. Is that right, Chris? That's right. The, the pork chops were... 71 degrees Fahrenheit. They had been out of the fridge for a while, but they were still cold in the middle, so... It's going up, folks. Once it gets- I've got two phones in my hand. One in my hand and, and Chris's phone. 163 degrees Fahrenheit. Plus a recorder. <laughs> Plus a bird that's about to make noise. Degrees Fahrenheit. 64. We're waiting. Food is now. Food is ready. Now, cooking is done. Time to take a photo. The oven. 55 p.m. And the little beep, the higher pitch beep, was the iPhone. And that means that the food is ready. And now the oven will automatically go into a cool-down mode, that, which means the fans will run until, until the uh, unit cools down. They won't run fully, but one fan will run. It won't be like the air fry fans. So now all we have to do is wait for the, uh, well, we can take the food out at any time. But Which I'm going to do right now. Chris is going to pop out the basket with the... Ready one minute to go. Yeah, okay. All right. You have to tell it okay or cancel or something. Snap the photo. Button. And there's an okay button up there, and I'm going to press the done button. June notification. CBS News. One minute ago, President Trump is giving oh, a speech to the press. All kinds of notifications and all kinds of stuff like that. I'll turn that thing down. <laughs> so the oven is in the in the cool down mode, and we now can remember when you take your food out, you still have your thermometer in there so it's going to uh you want to make sure that you disconnect your probe from the inside of the oven and take it out of the uh pork chop and um all you have to do is just take like a a damp cloth and and wipe that probe off uh, when you're done with it because you don't want to leave any stuff on it. I'm going to leave all the stuff in there till the oven cools down. So the pork chops are done. We air fried them with some batter on them, uh, breading on them. They're done. We're going to have them with some mashed potatoes and gravy and green beans. Okay, anyway, this is the June oven. You can go to juneoven.com. That's J-U-N-E-O-V-E-N, one word, dot com. This oven convections, convections, which includes bake, roast, and convect bake, air fryer, dehydrator, slow cooker, broiler, toaster, and warming drawer. Currently, you can get the oven by itself with a rack and a thermometer and a drip tray for 
$4.99, they're regular $6.99, they're $4.99 right now. You can get them financed as low as $42 a month or somewhere in between, depending on what plan you choose. There is a 100-day risk-free trial. If you get the gourmet oven package, it's normally eight ninety nine. It is currently six ninety nine. You get with with the gourmet package, it's the same oven. You get three baskets, also the thermometer, which you get with the other one too. Shipping is free, and you get I failed to mention you get three years on the cookbook, and you get an extra year warranty. And you can write support at juneoven.com and ask any questions you want, or you may call them at 415-799-5863. They're open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, excluding holidays. And that's the information on how to purchase it. Well, Chris and I have a lot of fun with this thing. Uh, my problem was I have a recorder and a phone and all kinds of stuff in my hands, so it makes it a little bit easier to, harder to try to operate the iPhone at the same time. But anyway, that's how the unit works, and we hope everyone enjoyed the demo. If you have any questions, you can email Bill Sparks at Bill at BillSparks.org. That's Bill at BillSparks.org. And if he needs to, he can get in contact with us and we'll make sure you get the answers to the questions you might have. Or you may reach us during this live broadcast with any comments or questions regarding this product at 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. You'll be asked to press pound after that. Do that. Put in your meeting ID, which is 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. You'll press pound again. You'll be asked for user ID. Press pound one more time. And you'll be in the Zoom room with us where you can ask your question or make your comment about this item. And we should tell you that we do plan to have someone from June Oven on in a while, as soon as she can arrange her schedule. Well, that's all the time we have for this demo. Stay tuned next week for another, another exciting, exciting demo. demo. Great demo. That was awesome, Bill. Chris, Dave, really did a great job on that. You have a question from, I believe, uh, Pam Francis. Uh, so I, I don't know. Go ahead, Pam. She's not muted. I don't think she is. I don't think she's muted. No, she must be though. <laughs> hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, okay. I didn't mute myself. I didn't know what was going on here. And no, we didn't. Anyway, we didn't mute you either, Pam. Anyway, a couple of things. Uh, is there any particular type of materials they say you cannot cook with in that oven? Well, obviously, the same things you cook with in a regular oven, I would say, I mean, you could do pot pies and TV dinners, but I wouldn't go beyond that on the paper products. What about silicone and that sort of thing? You can oh, yeah. That? Mm-hmm. yeah. Anything you can do with a regular oven, you can do with this. In fact, I've used silicone in there. Now, will it 
will it cook from frozen? If it's desi- if the product is designed to be cooked from frozen, then yes. It it acts just like an oven when you bake or roast or air fry. So you treat it as though you were putting it in a regular oven or an air fryer or toaster. So when you did the pork chops, why did you choose to bake them versus convection bake them? I actually air fried them. Oh, okay. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I air fried them. You can bake or convection bake. Most recipes are designed for bake, plain bake. Now, some ovens are set to where you, if you choose convection bake, it will automatically adjust for you, which if they're going to do that, there's really not a whole lot of point in convection baking except for stirring the air. I mean, it's not going to be any faster. Because it 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 that's it really sounds like a neat uh, seven in one gadget that you can have that, that will take up that we it, that thing can take the place of your air fryer, etc. And I imagine it will come in handy when you come into holiday baking and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, now, I like it. When you when you use your when. when when you when you got your put your thermometer in there, I'm assuming you're wearing a mitt, an oven mitt of some sort. You could you could use a mitt. Um, I got a set of and I found these to work fantastic. They're, they're really fantastic. They are welding gloves, and they're thin, but you can hang on to something for a little bit, a, a little bit longer. And you can still feel what you're doing. They yeah, work really well. I have a set of I have a set of silicone barbecue mitts. I do too, but I can't feel very well through those. I don't know how yours are, but I can't feel very well through mine. And Jenny, the pork chops were really good. Can you talk do about you... toast? Can you talk about toasting as well, Chris? Because I was that, that you know. What, what do, you, do you put your toast on the on the on the crumb put, tray? What, what do you, you put you, your toast on the rack on the middle rack? You cook most things on the middle rack. Okay, um, but you put your toast on there, and you can go in. Well, the camera will recognize it, but you also have to choose white toast or wheat toast. You put your toast well, on the rack. Or you, create, or you can create your own recipe or well, program. Well, what about if I was going to toast a bagel, for example, and I want to I cut that bagel in half and put each half on on the rack? So it, it would probably recognize it as a bagel, but if you wanted to go in and set your own program, which is a one-time thing, you just choose toast and ever how many minutes you want. To, white toast, regular toast, takes about... Oh, depending how you like it, two to three minutes. Don't put it in there for four because that burns it. Well, Jeff, you said you like burnt toast. You might like it. <laughs> you know me already, Chris. Thank you. See, do we have any other questions? Did you want to talk a little bit about that camera? Bill was. Oh, I was just going to say, Bill? do we have any other questions? Not, not so far, Bill. Okay. The camera. If you put food in the oven and you don't do anything on your phone, when you close the door, you'll get a little ding, and what will pop up on the oven screen is what the camera thinks it is, what it thinks it sees will be on the top left, what it 
might also be is on the top right. And if it's neither one of those things, you have to go into options, which gets pretty difficult for us. But whatever you choose, like if you choose the one on the left, you think, well, I'm going to trust the camera. You push that and it's you, you can go into your phone once you push continue, which is in the middle of the screen and then start cooking you go into your phone you can verify what you're cooking to make sure it's right if it's not right you can always cancel right away and start again but what we did was we had a little bit of help we had somebody come and help us outline the screen with these things called lead lines they're real thin and real flat they're actually designed to make uh, glass looks stained really quickly. So that's what we used, and it does a nice job of framing the screen without being in the way. Then you know it's a lot easier to tell where to touch. Right, because that oven screen is inside the glass, so you can't really tell where it is. So if you and how are those lead lines attached to your oven? Is are they glued on? Is that they're stick on? They're peel and stick, and okay. they they stick pretty well. Yeah, and since the door does not get hot at all even even if you're running at a high temperature like 450 or 500 it that door does not get hot so you don't have to worry about it messing up your lines that you put on there pam francis has got one more question go ahead wait 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 hold 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 on everyone jenny i'm sorry pam you've had is it continue cooking and the start cooking the same button no, they're slightly apart from each other. Continue is just slightly below start cooking. But there's quite a bit of room for error. Those buttons are pretty good size. Okay, go ahead, Pam. All right, my my follow-up question, and then I'll leave you guys alone. Do, given the fact that you, it, neither of you have vision, do you know whether or not the oven has a light inside it? And do you know whether or not it, the whatever is on the screen is LCD or LED. Oh, that the light the oven has a light inside. I don't know if it's LEC or LED. I mean LCD or LED. Because that matters for for anyone with partial vision. Like I can read microwave numbers, but I can't read an LCD screen. We'll find we out. To, we will check on. We that. have to investigate that. Can you use Seeing AI with another phone to read the screen? Oh, yeah. Well, you can read the screen. The problem with those apps is knowing what's highlighted. True. But Ira can tell you. And that is a free call. Yep. Now, when you used Ira with that oven, did you use the phone or did you use your glasses? We used the phone. Because we had the phones handy anyway, we didn't we didn't use the glasses. Well, if I used the glasses, I would have probably had to get down in the floor because it's on the island, and I don't know if I could have. Yeah. Do we have it, any more questions well. from the panel? Yeah, it sounds really really cool. I'm looking forward to it when I get back home. Um, any other questions about? This particular oven. Someone and, told me that Walmart sells them online. Do you know about that, Chris? They they do. They, they do. do. 
They do sell them uh, online. They're pretty much the same price. One of the things you could do to save yourself some money is maybe get the oven for four ninety nine. Maybe you don't want the cookbook or the extra warranty, and you just want baskets. to buy the. Or if even if you want the baskets, you can get those for what thirty nine dollars or forty dollars. So you could save yourself some money that way. Yeah, because there's there's no difference in the oven itself. Right. It's right. just the extra accessory. I the, can save money if I just go to Chris's house and let her do all the work. <laughs> That's true. You do have a valid point there. And, of course, they always turn on this lawnmower right when we're broadcasting. Um, the oven, I mean, it has changed a lot of things. And I, I will tell you guys that this is only going to get better. Dave and Chris are working with the developers we will be working with them to improve you know the experience and to make it even better for you and we will come back with more stories and you can also go to our website legendoldies.com and you can join our mailing list so if you have additional questions you can you can you know sign up for the coffee club and if we really get enough interest, then I'll I'll say I'll in, I'll set up a June oven mailing list for for visually impaired users. So that's one way. Any 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 other questions before I said we've had a very interesting show today. I don't want to get Chris right in the middle of our recipe today. What do you think, Chris? We've got oh. about. We can wait till next week if you want. It's almost ten fifty nine. The demo was pretty long. What was the recipe for? Oh, Tim might want it instead of part of his show. I don't know. Chicken Supreme. It's like chicken and gravy. Ah, it's good. Well, I'm sure I'd like it. If well, you do you want, want me to, to go? It's your show. Do you want me to go <laughs> ahead? Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is called Chicken Supreme. It's made in the oven. You will need, now there's two recipes. If you sign up for the coffee club, you'll get the big one and the little one. Today, I'm just going to do the little one. You need an 8 by 8 pan. You need to spray it with um, nonstick spray, and I would set it aside. Just spray it and set it aside. I would use glass or ceramic since you're going to spray it. Four pieces of boneless, skinless chicken breasts. If you're going to use thighs, you could probably get by with about six. Whatever will fit in your pan one layer. About a cup of flour, salt and pepper to taste, one can of cream of chicken soup, one can almost full of water. I fill it to about an inch from the top. One half stick or one quarter cup of butter or margarine. What you're going to do, cut your cook your butter up a little bit, put it in your oven, preheat your oven to 350, let that butter melt. While the butter's melting, and it only takes about five minutes, so don't leave it in very long, um, Put dredge your chicken in your salt and pepper and flour, and then when your butter comes out, put your chicken in the pan, put it back in the oven for 15 minutes, Take a fork or whatever you want to use and flip your chicken over. Put it back in for 15 more minutes. While it's in there, mix your soup can, your can of soup with your water. When it 
when you take it out after that second 15 minutes, pour that soup and water as evenly as you can over it and put it back in the oven for another 30 minutes. And that stuff is really good. And the gravy's good over biscuits, too. Sounds good to me. Good enough for Dave? Oh, yeah. That was one of the first things I made him, actually. I was thinking he didn't like chicken. Oh, no. Oh, no, I love chicken. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) It's Chris that doesn't like the Crouton pork so well. Right. Uh, uh, There's not much that Dave doesn't like that doesn't move. That's right. (laughs) That is a really good recipe, though. It's... It was one of Mom and Dad's and my favorites. We've been making it for years. Or or should we say at least moved at one time. Right. (laughs) Very, very true. Well, I suppose we better put a wrap on this. Thanks for all the input, the questions panel. Say hello to Jerry, Julie, and and some of the folks listening on the line. Um, Thank you, thank you, everyone. I think we had Sean or Gary that came in earlier. So thank you for checking in and listening. So, again, have a great week, everyone. I'm hitting the big button right now.